Hey, 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 it's me, the Kentucky Guy, and thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Red Pill Current News Podcast. On this episode, we have a special guest. She is the diagnosed detective, Tammy Burdett. She'll talk about the her amazing journey uh, through discovering GM, which is an illness not a lot of you, I would say, have heard about. I know this was the first time me finding out about it. Uh, she's author of her own book. Uh, surviving the environmentally associated illness we just spoke about also a freelance franchise business consultant and so much more so be sure to check out the rest of this episode here on the red pill current news podcast and welcome to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I'm your host, the truth finder, the truth seeker, the Kentucky guy. Hope everybody's having a fantastic day today. If this is your first time listening to the show, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. Make sure you turn on all notifications. We are on 73 different audio platforms as of right now, including Amazon Music, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and the list goes on. Also, for you sports fans and wrestling fans out there, I do co-host with Donny Cage every Tuesday and Saturday against the mat for wrestling podcast. We talk about pro wrestling, past, present, and future. Here we drop two to three episodes a week on the current news platform. Also, if you'd ever like to be a guest on the show or have any questions for myself, the Kentucky guy, or previous guests, you can always email us at ol. Kentucky spelled out 99 at yahoo.com. OL Kentucky spelled out 99 at yahoo.com. Also in the bottom of the links, folks, are the merch links. The new book is out. Uh, Amer- America, the land is sleeping. Uh, everything's down there. All the social media is in that. I know I get emails all the time. What's this? What's that? It's all in the description of every podcast. So I'm very excited today. We do have a special guest on with us today, and I want a big round of applause for her first time being on the show, the diagnosis detective, Tammy Burdick. Let's hear it for her. Hi, Tammy. How you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Uh, doing great. Doing great. Uh, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And uh, to start things off, since you're first time on the show, if you don't mind, if you could give a brief uh, general description of your background, that'd be great. Yeah, um, so I'm a published author with the book Diagnosis Detective, Curing Granulomatous Mastitis, sold exclusively on Amazon. And I'm also a freelance um, franchise business consultant, so I typically help different franchise organizations with their programs, processes, and procedures on how they can best have things aligned for future growth. And then I own a virtual franchise for Juice Plus and Tower Garden, as well as I have a small resume design business. Fantastic. Yeah, I noticed uh, you're kind of like me. You got your hands in a lot of different cookie jars. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I, I say I have too many eggs in one small basket. There you it go. Seems. <laughs> uh, so to start things off, I, I would love. I was reading your story, your your personal story, and uh, I really was inspired by it. One of the reasons why I wanted you on the show so bad. If you could, uh, if it's okay, and you've got the time, if you could tell us a little bit of your story when you said you know you wrote the book about GM. Uh, and yeah. can you give us that story? Because that's such an intriguing story. I don't think enough people have heard yet. Yeah. Um, so I left on a business trip several years ago. And really the only concern that I had was a potential weather event. I was headed to the Northeast in the middle of winter. Um, and little did I know when I would come back, I would find out that that trip actually made me really sick. While on that trip, unknowingly at the time, I contracted an environmental bacterial infection from contaminated public water through the hotel shower that I was staying at. But finding all of that out is really what evolved me into having this alias as the diagnosis detective. It's kind of like my own Aaron Brockovich-like story. Um, tracing my steps back, doing water testing, and eventually figuring things out. And that bacteria had found a natural point of entry into the ducts of my right breast and caused this infection. The infection process developed these painful, red, blistering, draining abscesses. And it's a very um, exhaustive disease. It's very deforming. There's a lot of uncertainty with the disease, and unfortunately, it's still poorly understood and underpracticed in the medical community, and that's really where I found the opportunity to help so many patients and doctors across the world by writing that book. And not only does it entail my entire journey with all of the details, it includes a lot of the research that I did, which helped to get my cure. I included stories from other women who were battling the same disease, and then my own doctor and a pathologist both made personal contributions. Wow. Now, when you first uh, started getting sick, even your personal physician thought it was breast cancer, right? Yeah, so my primary care physician um, luckily wasted no time in getting the initial testing that I needed, which included a mammogram and an ultrasound. And the initial imaging really was demonstrating that this is breast cancer to my medical team. And that's honestly what it looked like um, when, when I saw it myself. And I was BIRADS 5. So in medical terminology, that's basically the highest grade that you can get when there is the potential risk for cancer. So Pretty much everyone was preparing me, um, for me to have a breast cancer diagnosis. And really, the conversation that I had with the radiologist who did my breast biopsy, which was going to be my next step, was like, while this very well could be cancer, I'm not thinking that's what this is. But whatever this is, it is chronically inflamed, and that's what you need to figure out why. And by golly, I did. In that conversation, it, it feels like I, I just had it. Like it's permanently like concrete in my head. Um, and that was part of my mission and my motivation to, to really get answers. So and it just, it's so intriguing. So how, how did you come up with the, with the actual answer about 
uh, through the water. You were in a foreign country, correct? No, I was actually in the United States. I was in Connecticut. Oh, okay. So uh, for some reason, well, it sounds like it would happen in a foreign country, maybe. <laughs> it, it does happen in foreign countries. It actually happens all over the world um, with GM in particular. And when we're talking about foreign countries, a lot of the, the causes that we're seeing there is tuberculosis. Right. Yeah. So what, what gave you the idea to go check the water? Uh, where you were saying? Yep. So um, I did a significant amount of research about GM. Honestly, sometimes I feel like I'm an expert on the disease. And in part of my research, I came across a um, very specific pathology test and asked my surgical breast oncologist if we could run it. And luckily, without any hesitation, she said, let's do it. And it was that test that finally, after seven months, told us that I had an infection. That's what was causing that granulomatous mastitis disease. And the origin of the bacteria that resulted, which is Corynebacterium cropinsteadii, <laughs> um, has an origin of water, sewer, and soil. So at first I started, you know, with process of elimination, tracing my steps, um, and realized it had to be a water source. But I hadn't been in any ocean or river, lake, anything of that nature. I hadn't even been in a pool or a hot tub, to be honest. And I'm like, where would I have contracted this infection through my breast with water? And I'm like, it had to be a shower. And I tested the water at my own home, um, which ended up being negative for that bacteria, luckily. And that's when I traced my steps back to that business trip. And I found out that on that business trip, there was a gentleman who contracted an infection through his ankle the same way that I did through my breast. And so through process of, el of elimination and then finding out that information, it made the most sense. That's how I contracted it. So when you, when you figure out that uh, you contracted GM, is GM normally non-fatal? Is it always curable or are there some types of fatalness in it? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a fatal disease. It's actually classified as a benign chronic inflammatory breast disease. Um, the inflammatory process with this disease, if that continues for a, you know, extended length of time, the more it does continue, there is a higher risk of potentially developing breast cancer, which has been proven for several women in my support group. They had had GM for maybe two or more years and that ended up evolving into breast cancer for them. Amazing. And where can people uh, pick up your book at? Yeah, so Diagnosis Detective Curing Granulomatous Mastitis. Um, it is sold exclusively on Amazon.com. It is not available through the Amazon app. Um, it is an ebook, and it can be downloadable to any device. You do not have to own a Kindle. And it is available for worldwide distribution. Fantastic. Now, um, kind of when you were uh, you were on a business trip, was this the part of your what you're doing now, the freelance uh, franchise? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was um, hired by a franchise system, a veteran franchise system, actually. They'd been in franchising forever. And um, 
they were one of my clients. So can you tell us a little bit about that freelance franchising? I don't think I've had one on here before. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm privileged. (laughs) Um, So let's go back a little bit and how I got into franchising. Um, My father was actually a, an executive forced into an early retirement situation and he was like, what am I going to do? I don't want to go work for anybody else. He had been working for the same company his entire life. And he looked into franchising and thought about starting a franchise and home inspections. But as a lot of potential entrepreneurs, especially um, who are considering franchising, there's a little bit of fear there, you know, and the fears are different from candidate to candidate. And he had this fear of doing it alone. And he said, you know, is, is this something that you would be interested in teaming up together with? And I said, sure. And at the same time, because I knew we were going to be in startup mode, um, I joined Gold's Gym Franchising. There was an area developer that I was working with. So with both of those positions, it kind of created this full-time role for me. And that's how I started into franchising. And then I ended up with um, some global brands um, directly as an employee. But I have done a significant amount of freelance franchise work. Um, and it varies anywhere from developing marketing plans to helping companies with training manuals, operations manuals, reviewing kind of like their canvas, basically, what do you have? What do I see that perhaps needs to change or what, you know, we could improve on? And then really acting as kind of a coach or a mentor for a lot of these founders um, in startup franchise systems. Because like once these you know, businesses convert to being able to franchise, they're like, uh, what do I do? They're just kind of lost as, you know, franchising is very new to them as it was for me many years ago. And that's kind of when I come in, I'm kind of, you know, that coach or their mentor really helping them get familiarized with everything franchising from A to Z. It always comes back to coaching and leadership, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So what is a virtual franchise? That's a great question. Um, so a virtual franchise is basically a business that I'm, I'm kind of operating on my own with the support of a home office. It's similar, you know, to your standard franchise industry. But we're virtual in the sense where I can be in Aruba, I can be in Ohio, I can be in California, I could be anywhere and still be able to operate my business. I don't have brick and mortar. I'm you know, not having to be in a home office every day, I could be anywhere and still do doing what I need to do. Um, And with Juice Plus and Tower Garden, we are basically a company within the health and wellness arena, um, which is obviously a great area to be in, especially these past few years. Um, We've had significant growth. I've been so happy with our progress. But basically, at the end of the day, we are helping families live healthier lives through nutrition. Now, I would say that the virtual franchise, and this is me just throwing this out there, probably picked up quite a bit uh, during the pandemic. Is it, Would that be a true statement? Absolutely. Yeah. And there's so many people, I just think that, you know, are doing jobs on a day in, day out basis, whether they're working for, you know, corporate America or, or what have you. I think a lot of individuals have really found, you know, the desire to want to stay in this kind of remote world. There's a lot of benefits to being able 
to be remote. You know, you're not having to get up extra early in the morning and get ready and drive somewhere and be in traffic or pack a lunch or or what have you. There's a lot of conveniences. It really gives people more time to do what's really important. And that's live our lives. Because at the end of the day, you've got to ask yourself a question. Am I working to live or am I living to work? And there's a big difference. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. So on this, uh, and it's so amazing to me, the different guests that I've had on the show, how they've turned something as uh, as horrible as a lockdown pandemic to positive. I've talked to uh, a gentleman who wrote a book on how his little community, like the uh, restaurants, major elegant restaurants, actually turned into kind of grocery stores because of their stock for people just to survive. And uh, virtual, you know, virtual franchise. I seen something like this years ago. Uh, in a development, uh, we used to do a, uh, I used to work for a gentleman who owned a plumbing business and he would route calls into the small, uh, call center, just a small business, but our agents, we called them actually worked from home. So I knew one day this would catch on. I didn't think it'd take a pandemic <laughs> to make it so popular, but I did see this coming and, uh, I think that's just great. And that's juice plus towers garden, correct? Juice Plus and Tower Garden. Yep. So Juice Plus, um, we have these different nutrition products, um, including snack bars, protein shakes, and these amazing capsules that I've taken for years now that are just flooded with real whole foods. And then the Tower Garden is basically your vertical aeroponic garden. So you can grow um, vegetables and greens. Some people even grow fruits. Um and it doesn't require soil. And you can grow in the comfort of your own home 365 days a year. And we also have a version where you can use both indoors and outdoors. Fantastic. Now, I did a... Yeah, it is really like your your true farm to table. You literally can pick it from, you know, your kitchen and put it on your dining room table. Yeah, I, I, looked, at the, <laughs> it's I looked at the website and uh, kind of checked it out a little bit. It's... Uh, it's it's almost. I mean, you have a couple competitors. Like, would you consider Hello Fresh a competitor? I Hello Fresh to me, from what I know of them, is kind of more like meal kits where they're mailed right. to your house. And you know, with Tower Garden, it's basically a vertical garden that stays in your house three hundred and sixty five days a year. Or you know, like here in Ohio, when we have spring and summer, more towards summer, I would say. A lot of our customers will move their tower garden outdoors where they can go grow different things during, you know, taking advantage of the climate during the summer months. And then you use your fruits of your labor, I should say, and the labor part, it's very easy (laughs) um, to make your own meals. Uh, What kind of? Like for lunch today, literally just picked and put in a bowl and made a salad. It's that great. Wow. Sounds, uh. Sounds pretty amazing. Uh, you mentioned Ohio. What what uh what big city are you close to? Oh wow, Cincinnati. Okay. I'm originally from uh, on the other side of Cleveland. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Cincinnati very, very well. So let's go ahead and talk about your. Uh, uh, like I said, you've got a lot of cookie jars out there. Uh, you did mention one other business that I'd like to maybe uh, inform the audience about, and that's a resume design business sure. that you're a part of. 
Yep. So before I got involved in franchising, I was actually in corporate human resources. Um, one company that I worked for in particular, which I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with, is Sara Lee. And so I kind of piggybacked off of my HR experience that I had prior to going into franchising, then have utilized all of that amazing knowledge that I've learned being in a business space for as many years as I have now. And then obviously my writing skills as an author and have taken all of that together and created this resume design business. And, you know, here lately, unfortunately, for a lot of people, there's been a significant amount of layoffs. So, you know, that has been obviously picking up for me. Um, but yeah, I design what I feel confident in being very marketable and competitive resumes for this challenging job market that a lot of people are unfortunately in right now. Yeah. And it's very, very challenging. Uh, I have a lot of friends out there and I mean, I know guys who have uh, PhDs that are working at the bank, you know, as a teller, it's just amazing. Yeah. And, you know, I see some people like on social media platforms, for instance, that are saying, you know, they've applied for hundreds, if not thousands of jobs. Most of them feel ghosted. And that's when you have to take a step back and be like, okay, where's the problem? You know, are you not even getting called for an interview or is your interviewing skills an issue? So, you know, if you're not getting called, then that's, you know, sometimes where you have to question is your resume you know, doing what it's designed to do, which is to get that call. Right. So. Sometimes you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. Yeah. But a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. What was that? <laughs> no, no, no. No. So, so, you know, a lot of people are just having, you know, the same struggle right now. And it's just really kind of being mindful of figuring out, okay, you know, if I'm sending hundreds and thousands of resumes, you know, isn't my resume that needs redesigned? Or, you know, am I getting interviews and I'm not getting jobs where maybe they should talk to, you know, a coach to help them, you know, develop yeah, their skills. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with uh, reaching out to an expert. I used to do uh, supervisor training and I would train uh, other supervisors how to uh, conduct interviews, look for certain patterns and habits and situations with their current agents and what have you. And there's nothing wrong with that. I took, uh, I don't know how many different special courses just to get to the point to be able to do that and right now you're not you you've got probably it's i would say it's harder right now than back when i was doing this coaching and that was probably 10 years ago it's so much harder to get your foot past the gatekeeper now than it ever has been would you agree i would agree so uh all right so all right tammy so uh to finish things up if you don't mind, if you could give everyone uh, any way they could reach out to you if they're interested into finding out more about becoming maybe a freelancer, uh, franchise business owner, or, you know, virtual franchise or have questions about uh, Juice Plus or Tower Garden, uh, any type of social media. Yeah. Um, so we talked about my book and where we can find that. Yeah. Yep. So we talked about my book um, and where we can find that. That's on Amazon. Um, to follow me personally, I'm at diagnosis detective dot Tammy spelled T A M I Burdick B U R D I C K. Um, that's my Instagram. And then I also have a Facebook page for my book, which is granulomatous mastitis books, 
book, sorry, book and tips. And then for my freelance um, franchise consulting, it's probably best just to find me on LinkedIn and send me a message. And then for my Juice Plus Tower Garden, um, if you're interested in learning about both of those, I'm at Tammy B, T A M I B dot Juice Plus dot com, and then Tammy B dot Tower Garden dot com. All right, fantastic. So, guys, the diagnosis detective, diagnosis detective, uh, be sure to check that book out. And uh, once again, uh, Tammy, thank you so much for joining the show today. We definitely appreciate it. I think uh, you've been a, uh, a big help. We have a lot of, uh, like I said, female listeners, a lot of entrepreneurs and so forth. So good luck. And uh, by the way, you are uh, you're 100% uh, clear of the GM now, correct? Yes. I actually am celebrating five years remission later man, this man. month. That's fantastic. Congratulations. That's great. Yeah, April 30th will be five years post having surgery. I had to have breast surgery. Um, and I think that's in part to us finding the bacteria too late. Had we, you know, been able to detect it earlier on, perhaps I could have avoided surgery. Um, and then I also had a wound vac. Um, so I had that about six weeks, I believe, following my surgery. And that honestly was probably one of the worst parts of my journey. Yeah. So for those who don't know what a wound vac is, I certainly encourage you to go to Google and, and find out. And you'll understand why for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Just the name of it sounds painful. <laughs> yeah, it, it is basically like having a vacuum cleaner attached to your body part that is putting this pressure, basically kind of sucking pressure. Um, and uh, you have to carry that with you 24-7. The only time that it wasn't attached to me was when I took a shower. And the moment I got out of the shower, it's reattached. Wow. wow. Yeah. And you're almost like a prisoner in your own home during that um, healing time because you have home health care. And when you have insurance that's paying for that, it's basically stating that this individual, you know, is unable to drive themselves somewhere to have this, this done. So you had that on top of things. So it's kind of like you're a prisoner in your own home with the vacuum cleaner <laughs> attached to you for six weeks. So luckily I had amazing support. My parents were helping to take care of me. Um, you know, I had a boyfriend at the time during my journey who was very supportive um, you know, my cousin, Sarah, thank you for, you know, coming and helping. And um, so I had a lot of people that uh, came to visit and, and helped out. So it's good to have a great support. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. I think in any type of uh, illness or anything we go through, having a good support group is, uh, is the key to survival. All right. Yeah. Well, folks, you've been listening to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. With your host, the Kentucky Guy. Hope everybody has a great rest of your week. And as always, God bless and God bless America.